<laughs> you got another pretty cool one. Freaking heck yeah, I love how it's so like entrenched with music <laughs> around here. Yeah, yeah, I just uh I don't know. It's it's my it's my hobby. One of my my mini hobbies, but just like that's Maggie. She's a very friendly cat, and I like her. Yeah. I'm trying to get my cat to move in to my new spot. Yeah. Because we have a dog, mm-hmm. <coughs> and so I'm really scared of how they're gonna mesh together. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We had a, we have another cat named Luna, and she is she's a lot shyer, so she doesn't want to come around. And she was like the only the only cat that we had, only animal. And he's so jealous. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, hey. Um, but, uh, hey. Sit. Um, but, um, you know, she was very wary of cats when we first brought him home. And she was like, mm, I don't know. But, but then they, you know, after a week or so, they were just completely fine together. And, um, and then when we brought her <laughs> home, they were just 100% fine. Like, they, like, lay in the same bed together and stuff. She like lays in his dog's bed. That's so crazy. Yeah. I wonder if my cat's gonna be like that or if yeah. it's gonna be. Yeah. You never know though. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna like boost him out that way we could like get get going. Okay. Heck yeah. Do you want me to get my instruments too, or do you want to do that? Oh, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll set up later. We'll do different instruments. I guess she'll yeah. she'll probably stay in until she plays, but we'll have something to go around. <laughs> hey, now I can give you all the attention. Yeah, I just I have uh, many years of like watching you guys. Um, so you're welcome to use those headphones if you want. I like I like the headphones. No pressure though. Heck yeah, no. I'll, I'll give it a try. Yeah, and then that microphone you can adjust however you want. It's been so long since I've podcasted. I need to remember how to how to do things. I know COVID probably slowed things down, but I'm yeah. It's been a while since you updated. Yeah, I mean, this this is my first podcast, and then uh, you might want to be like, sorry, every podcast opens with me like explaining to people that these <laughs> microphones are like very, like desensitized. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, if you could be <coughs> like this close to it, it, it'll come out too, and and up and down and stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The Andrew Radio Show. I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, this is like the podcast again. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been like, also we're, we're just like jumping right into it. Is that okay? Yeah, I was like, okay, are we recording? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, like, I guess you've listened to my podcast in the past, so I don't know if you, if you noticed that the podcast just like starts. So I was recording when you walked in. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I see. That's, Um, that's really, that's a cool trick. Yeah. Because, uh, like, the, the point of this podcast, and, like, I haven't, I haven't done it in so long, so I'm, I'm trying to remember what the point is and, and how it goes and stuff. But, um, like, the point of this podcast is it's just supposed to be a conversation, um, and it's supposed to be, like, comfortable and just, like, a friendly us hanging out and talking about, like, feelings. Heck, yeah. Um, okay. Just, you know. 
That's what songwriters therapy. Exactly. Songwriters therapy. So, yeah. Um, So if I remember correctly, I always start off the podcast saying, um, you know, this podcast is called called songwriters therapy. Uh, uh, Mars or do you go by Mars or Marzi? Um, I can go with uh, one or either or. Okay, because so. I met you as Mars. Yeah, in so the you past. can call me Mars. It's okay. okay. All right. I'm I'm sorry. I want to make sure I get get that correct. So, um, it's okay. Um, why are you here on this podcast called Songwriters Therapy? Um, I feel like there's a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The first one is I totally love the podcast, and I've been listening to it from day one hella stocked you on it i think i asked you a few times if i could be on it yeah and we were kind of just like you know it was covid mm-hmm. and also we had like different schedules so yeah we were kind of just waiting to see when it would happen but then um we just had that songwriter's circle mm-hmm. hosted by oliver opus and i think we were finally able to like just sit down and be like okay we should we should do this definitely <laughs> and, yeah so yeah and also we live in stockton together yeah. and so yeah i think eventually we we connected on that. Definitely. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I will say like this podcast is, it's very Stockton heavy just because that's where I am. And I, I love doing this in person. And that part of the reason why I stopped doing it is because I really missed like this in person, like one-on-one discussion um, and like doing the in-person, like, uh, like songs at the end. It's just like, it's just really nice. It's a little extra. And, and I hope like, I think it's like for people who listen or, or hopefully will listen in the future, the, the like live songs are that like little extra piece of like, you know, it's like, um, it's like the cherry on top, you know, it's like the secret track though. Like, do you remember getting CDs and like, there'd be a secret track at the end of CDs? Yes. That's how I consider, that's what I think about the songs and like sometimes secret tracks were like just them talking and something funny and that was cool. Mm. But I always loved when there was like a secret song that was like unlisted and then it was a track at the end and you're like, oh, this is, yeah, no, for real. I, we, I love that stuff. And like the Soggy Rats even did that on our first album Mm -hmm. because we had like a, like a cover that we just always did. Yeah. So we recorded the cover when we had time in the studio and we didn't want to like deal with copyright or this or that. So we just kept it as a secret track yeah. for like the first something CDs. Nice. And that was like really cool to have, you know, that's cool. Was it CD only or was it like on Bandcamp too or, or anything I like that? I think it was on YouTube. Oh, it was on YouTube. Well. That's yeah. cool. But, um, I don't think we ever put it on like any official yeah. music streaming thing. I don't, I don't know what to officially do for covers and stuff stuff because i'm not like that up on music business as maybe i should be after playing music for as long as i have but there's always like this desire in me to play cover songs i really love playing cover songs i've been doing that a lot more lately and like attempting to record covers i feel that um, do you but i don't feel know like do with you you stay like on top of like new music and like popular music. no no like no. everything everything that i listen to and love is like 90s it's like made in the 90s <laughs> i feel that yeah like a lot of people try to like cover new songs or like relevant songs Mm -hmm. that's the word i'm looking for but um every time i cover stuff it ends up being like old 2000 songs or whatever i prefer yeah yeah like the first 10 years of uh the new millennium that's that's my jam like 90s and and new millennium i feel it the last cover i learned was like um the black eyed peas but i really like their music during like the elefunk stages Mm -hmm. and like when it was just really like bouncy dance yeah, hip hop. That's awesome. Yeah. But um 
Yeah, covers are great. <laughs> yeah, no, I the thing I that I love, I mean, I will talk about your own songwriting, but the thing that I love about covers as a songwriter, and I think when I was younger, I always tried to like stay away from them for a few reasons. Number one, when I was young, like a musician that I looked up to, uh, I asked him like, oh, like, did your punk band ever play covers? And he's like, no, we never played covers because we didn't want like the covers to influence us and we didn't want to sound like that other band. We wanted to sound like mm -hmm. ourselves. And to me, when I was young, I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to sound like me. Really? But now, but now when I'm older, I'm like, I, s I still sound like me, but like you can hear my influences, like if you know me, I think. Yeah. And a lot of my friends are like, oh yeah, that song is definitely influenced by that band that you listen to. I get it. And so now when I'm older, like I don't care about that like originality as much. Um, but I've always loved playing covers like at home, like just sitting on like ultimate guitar and like singing because yeah. I love, number one, I love singing and I love understanding other people's songs. And I think that's one of the things that like leads into this podcast for me is like, I could like, I'll like look up bright eyes on ultimate guitar and play like every single song. I'll just go yes. through and play every, all of my favorite bright eyes songs. And I'll bright do that eyes with is a lot actually of one of like one of my favorite bands, like uh, Connor Obers, mm -hmm. one of my favorite songwriters. But yeah, anyways, continue. No, I, I was just saying, like, that's that's one of my things, and I think that's one of the things that's given me, like, a love for songs is, I mean, I won't even look up tabs. I'll, like, look up the ones that's, like, chords, you know? And so it's just, like, the, the it's almost like a fake book, you know, it's the chords over the lyrics, because I yeah. love, like, reading the lyrics and singing it back, and that, I always feel like I get this, like, resonant feeling in my chest when I'm singing a song I love, like, even lyrically, if I don't like identify with that that lyric or something that I'm singing, it's just uh, it's just this great feeling. And so now that I'm older, um, I think it's still harder for me to play covers like with my band because um, sometimes like it, it's like already hard enough to like for all of us to like be in one place at one time, and then and yeah. then we gotta like learn uh, learn our songs and then learn someone else's song in the same way and they might interpret someone else's song the, a different way that I do. And w I think one like problem I've always had is like when I play covers, I do it like the Andrew way. And like sometimes the Andrew Go way that. like <laughs> drops a beat here or there. And like the people in my band are like really good musicians and they'll play it like perfectly. And they'll be like, no, no, Andrew, you're, you're like starting that lyric like two beats too soon. And I'm like, but that's how I do it. No, I hella feel that. I feel like it's super hard for like um, when you're in a band mm -hmm. to have like one mindedness, like when making yeah. a song and then like covering a song. It's like the same thing, too, where it's like everybody wants to do it a different way. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I hella feel that on like learning stuff on like ultimate guitar because mm -hmm. like I feel like like that was me when I first started like learning guitar mm -hmm. and like learning covers hella like helped me like understand structure yeah and like it's really cool how you can like yeah you can learn all these covers but i don't think that really affects your originality if yeah. anything like mixing all of the things you like kind of makes your originality stronger mm -hmm. in a way because it's like not copying it but like taking a piece of what you learned from from learning that cover and then inserting it to something else yeah. like like do you know kira caro bonito I don't know them. It's like this super, like bubblegummy 
electro pop band. Okay. But they went to Sacramento one time. I think it was Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And they did a cover of Death Grips. Mm -hmm. And they did like a like a Death Grips song. And it was so different from like everything that Caro Caro does. Mm -hmm. But it was still super cool to know like, oh, they listen and they fuck with that. That's oh, can what? I cuss on? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but like, yeah, they fuck with that that band. And I don't know. I think that's what... It's like learning something, but it's also like fun too. Yeah. And not as serious as like playing your own music. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I think that's actually one of the things that I love about artists that I enjoy when they do covers. Um, and I, I love surprising covers. And that's one of the reasons why also I love um, playing covers like live or like when I'm doing uh, like just my own thing. Like if I'm doing like singer songwriter uh like playing solo without my band. I do love playing covers because I like being like, I wonder if anyone will really think that I like, or they won't expect this <laughs> cover from me. Um, sometimes I like playing covers that they might expect, but like, uh, I, I love seeing some artist that I love playing a song that I'm like, I wouldn't expect, or just like knowing that they also enjoy that other thing that I love. Um, mm -hmm. that crossover I really like, but I don't know. I like when I, yeah. when I play, uh, like I covered this whole song, at a couple um, open mics. I don't know if you know whole like, um, yeah. uh, what's her name? <laughs> Kirk Cobain's yeah, yeah, yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually really love whole too. So yeah, I, I, I love whole Courtney love. Like Courtney, Courtney love, love is yeah. like, a, a, like a trash can <laughs> and like a very problematic person in general, like besides the, the like Kurt relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but she understood music though. Oh, fuck, it was really band, insane. That yeah. band is so, like her, like her musicianship, like her voice on its own is like she has an amazing voice, right? Yeah. But uh, and like I know, one of one of my favorite songwriters and also problematic people, I just like problematic people. It, uh, <laughs> is um, and I don't even know if people think that he's that problematic, but I do. Um, uh, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Like S Smashing Pumpkins is one of my favorite bands. Nice, nice. And that guy's a little cray. But he's so good, and he uh, he wrote a bunch of songs with and or for Hole. Like the all the the credit isn't always there on things that he he's written for them. But mm. um, yeah, really interesting like relationship between like him and Kurt and, and yeah. Courtney and stuff like that. From what I understand, but some artists, man, yeah. they have to be super freaking crazy and problematic yeah. to express yeah. themselves. It's yeah, super dumb. Yeah. I don't approve of that, but um, it's like Kanye West today, yeah. where everybody oh sees him as like some like legendary artist. He is. He, he's done yeah, a lot of legendary yeah, things, yeah. but he's just like a crazy guy that yeah. we all give attention to. Yeah, I with people like Kanye, especially, I always wonder like, were they always crazy, and it just took time for it to surface fully or like culminate within them. Or did becoming famous pull that crazy out of them? Like they were always yeah. talented. Like Kanye was talented when he was like from the know, get -go. starting out, right? Mm -hmm. So he's always talented. And I don't know that talented always equals crazy, but like Kanye's crazy, yeah. and he's huge. So uh, just one of the things that I'm I always think about is like you know some people just get like so in their own world because they have this bubble formed around them yeah. made of like money and attention. No, for real. And, and even just like whoop. your own art form, you know? Yeah. It's like, I think about that a lot too. And it's like, I, 
I had like this conversation with somebody the other day. Mm-hmm. We were like talking about like heartbreaks and like, you know, just like some really heavy stuff. Yeah. And she said something that was so like riveting to me where it was just like, um, I, I used to wonder when I was young, like how people can be so like fucked up and like jaded and like crazy. Yeah. But like after going through this like recent heartbreak, I really could understand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, when I think about like people like Kanye, I'm like getting, yeah, you build this bubble around you out of like money and fame. But then it's also like, because that's all derived from your art, you like tend to focus on your problems in this yeah. very hyper-focused way. Mm-hmm. And I, I swear like your own problems can make you crazy like that. Yeah. Like if you really like, um, delve deep into that, you know, but, um, it's crazy. Yeah, totally. I don't know where I was going with this. No, I, no. It I'm just, just like babbling no, too. That's what a lot of this is, is just like, you don't have to have the answers. We just, <laughs> it's just things that we think about. Yeah. It's um, really cool to just like spitball. Yeah. But then I get to the end of it. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Oh, what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so one thing that, uh, I don't know, you kind of touched on a little bit. You're talking about like when you first were, uh, like learning guitar and stuff, you would also like open up ultimate guitar and like see song structures and stuff. But one of the things I always like to understand with people when they come on the podcast is like, if you could take me back to like, what was the spark that made you go like, I, I'm, I want to be a musician I want to play like this instrument. Like what was the thing before anything else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go back yeah, together. Take me back. Yeah. Um, uh, thinking about this and I like listen to a few episodes of the podcast oh, okay. just to kind of like prepare myself. You studied more than I did. Like <laughs> I was like, I should listen to some episodes. It's been like a year and a half. And you I have no idea all. how juiced I was okay. during our awesome. last show when um, we like scheduled this, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, when I was thinking about it for myself, it's like really funny because um, I don't think I can like trace back like any family or like anything in my childhood where mm-hmm. there was like specifically music. Yeah or performing but um it was just something where like when i when i saw it and that like i had the idea of like playing guitar i really wanted to do it yeah and i i joke with some people too that uh it started from guitar hero because mm-hmm. <laughs> i played guitar Hero three and my my parents got me guitar Hero three and like the whole shebang yeah. for like christmas during like i want to say i was like 11 or 12 maybe 10. Mm-hmm. But um I loved that game and I like I killed that game. Like I kept playing it like every morning and nice. night <laughs> to the point where like I could play on expert <laughs> and like I can beat my own high scores. And after I like finished the whole game through and got all the characters and like the instruments and stuff, I like just asked my mom like I really want to play guitar. Like That's awesome. I want to get a guitar. Mhm. And we just went to like Mr. C's and I, I got, Oh like my a, gosh. Yeah. Really old school stuff. Yeah. Um, that was like really the first and only time I bought any instruments there. I think I bought like a few things for soggy rats there, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's fun. Like, can, can we talk about Mr. Like interrupt your story for a minute yeah. and talk yeah. about Mr. C's as a Stockton institution. And so for our Stockton listeners, I know Mr. C's is the music store that, seemingly no one went to right like (laughs) you talk to anyone any musician and 
not not like asking what music store they go to. They're like, oh, I just picked up this guitar over there, or I got to run here for strings. It was always like when we were younger, and I don't know how old you are, and I, I won't out your age if you don't care. That's okay. But I'm I'm 22. It's okay, okay, 22. Okay, so when I was younger, I don't know if you know th some of these stores, but you might have when you were younger too. It was like Music Box, which was always around. Um, music, music, music around, which was always around, and yeah. bills. Like those were the three. Like someone's like, oh, I, I have to go to bills to pick up some strings, mm -hmm. or you know, go to music box. Music box and music around kind of always had the, the like good selection of guitars and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I would say like that was our equivalent of like guitar center. At yeah, yeah, definitely. If there was anything like a mini guitar could, center, because yeah. they they were like one of the ones that, like carried Fender. It was like. Um, like music box carried like Fender and Bills was like you can get band instruments there and if you wanted guitar stuff it was like strings or like uh Behringer like Behringer amps yeah and, like maybe PV or something like that I don't know <laughs> wait so are you getting to the point of like like Mr. C's is this really like it just seems like no one's <laughs> okay sorry I I missed my point my point is this Mr. C's is a, is a store that, like, it seems like no one went to, but it's still open. Mm -hmm. Like, it used to be in, I forget where the old location is, but now it's on Pacific. It's called Clancy's, though, so they might have sold. But at least, like, the entity is still kind of there. It's still and going. It, and it's yeah. just, like, funny to me. I, I do remember, I think I got my, I remember going in there when I was younger and seeing, like, my dream guitar on the wall because it looked like, the guitar that Chad from Newfound Glory had. Oh, nice. And what kind of guitar is it? it? It was like, I'm sure Chad had like a Gibson or an Epiphone or something that looked like that. Black. It was just like a plain black guitar, but for some reason I like that plain black guitar. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember seeing it there, but I did end up getting my first electric at um, Music Box. My grandma got it for me for my birthday. It was like one of those $100 uh, like Samick uh oh, nice. stratocasters like just one of the cheap ones yeah no it's really funny because like not to even cap on mr c's i, not I love all. that institution but like i don't even know why we went there to buy that guitar yeah it was like the it one the only closest time. one or something yeah it was just yeah. the closest one I, i'm not sure i don't but, know why i went to music box it's just the store that like your yeah your you parent know, that might not know anything about music will choose they'll be like oh i've seen that one right no the fact that you said the music box brought me back so far like i haven't heard of that mu music shop in so long is it still open no no music box closed down a long time yeah. ago, maybe 10 years ago uh, i don't want to say 10 years ago but it feels like it right um it's so crazy you had me tripping you do you know <laughs> do you know bill steve i think it's bill stevens I think I've met him once or twice. Uh, works. He works in um, uh, music go round now. Like yeah. as like he fixes stuff. Mm. Um, but he, yeah, like he was like the guy from Music Box. And I think when Music Box yeah. closed down, he moved over to Music Go Round. And like, shout out to Music Go Round and Tim because like they're yeah. you know they're the, they're best. the best. Yeah. Like sorry. <laughs> like I'm sorry to choose sides. Sorry, Clancy's. I'm sure you're great. Right. But it's like you know. It's like we're just biased. Yeah. It's also our friends. It's also our so. friends. That's the thing. Like, yeah. uh, we're biased because, you know. But, um, like, Tim, he's also a legend at music. Like, yeah. I would trust that guy to, like, record any event, he's like, like a, live. You yeah. Know? And he's a wealth of knowledge, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You talk to him about, like, any music thing or sound thing, and he's, he's got, like, 
he's got a teachable thing to tell you. you yeah, know? and RIP to the music box. Yeah, definitely. And I miss well, that place. I mean, the music box was the same too. You'd go in there and you'd like just talk to Bill. Um, and like he'll like mm. when he's in music around too, he's he's just like a good conversationalist, you know. Yeah, they they all are. Yeah, shout yeah. out to you have those to guys. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your your like foundational story. So oh yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, where were we even? <laughs> yeah, Guitar Hero. You yes. were you were a shredder at Guitar Hero, and then yeah. you went to <laughs> Mr. C's to buy your first guitar. Yep. Yep. What was your first guitar? Oh, yeah. By the way, my favorite character, by the way, on Guitar Hero 3, if anybody's interested, it was Tom Morello. And then you <laughs> let him play the toilet guitar, oh, and he geez. looks like a janitor. Oh, and I was always, I didn't know that he played for Rage Against the Machine, yeah, I think. Rage. Yeah. But um, I just always thought he looked like a janitor. I thought it was funky. But That's um, so funny. Yeah, no, I bought a guitar, or I convinced my parents, like, I need a guitar. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, the first thing that I was super interested in, like passionate about that wasn't like playing video games <laughs> or like, you know, just kid things, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I got that guitar and I got like a few song books. Like that's another super old school thing. Like, yeah. thank God we have like internet now because we would never have like any chords to songs mm -hmm. or song books. They used to be like sold in music stores. Yeah, no, I, I learned how to play songs and how to write songs from like two particular, two or three particular songbooks. And one of them was like hits of the 90s. Yeah. And it wasn't like just stuff like that. It was like Tears in Heaven mm. and uh, Elton John and like just and not even like For the really? famous Elton, like the 90s Elton John song, like Don't Let the Song, uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Mm. Like, like. Not not even songs that you like know now, you know. Yeah, but no, I feel that like yeah. my, the one that I had was like um, classic rock songs that mm -hmm. my dad got me, and the first song mm -hmm. that I learned I think was a uh, Hey Jude by the Beatles. Nice, just like a really simple one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, and uh, ever since I got a guitar, I think I just like practiced and practiced. Nice, and I guess it started off with covers, mm -hmm. but at one point it started becoming like writing songs yeah and then that became like the the real main focus like uh like a, it's really silly to me when i think about it because when i was like 11 or 12 like all i was really focused on was like writing songs cuz it just nice. felt really good you know yeah yeah and so how how were those like early songs <laughs> they were super cheesy <laughs> like it it would be like what you think they were like yeah. i was in like what fourth or fifth grade so like when That's it was early songwriting start no for real like i don't know like what it was about like um yeah. like it was just something that i was super into mm -hmm. and i didn't even like show anybody my music yeah but like i would just write in this notebook i had just like page by page like every day if i had like a new idea yeah you know but i think it was like some really cheesy stuff like mm -hmm. when when summer break would start and like you don't see the person you like anymore yep. i would just like write songs about being sad in the summer mm -hmm. and like songs about like liking people you know like yeah. just the most cheesiest shit and um i don't have like the all, notebook to all my the original hits, songs but all like pop hits are that though mm -hmm. like I think there's like this middle, there's like this middle ground, like unpopular music is like, uh, I shouldn't say unpopular, but not as popular music is like deep and like 
has like a lot of like great writing in it. But mm. and I, I'm not hating on pop pop music because I love <laughs> it. But there is there is some like pop music that is like just those cheesy lines of like, I, it, it's summer and I'm sad because I can't see the person I love. Like yeah, even yeah. that might be too deep, you know? Just Yo, like for real repetitive pop. And I love repetitive pop. Like mm. don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. just it's just funny that like when you are young and a writer, because I, I feel like I was the same way when I was starting out. It was just very cheesy, like, mm. I miss this person. Yeah, and everyone know. has to start somewhere. And I think that's, like, it starts off as, like, the easiest thing to mm. write first. Yeah. Because it's, like, yeah. right off the cuff, like, what you're feeling, mm. you know? Yeah. I, I think especially, like, as a as a young songwriter in middle school, high school, like, um, and I, I, I don't want to belittle, like, anyone's feelings at any age, but, like, the, one of the things that you're worried about the most is like your, you know, maybe your uh, your emotions are changing and growing is is just like, who do you have a crush on? You know, mm -hmm. um, like uh, there there were probably a few people in high school that might have been writing like politically charged, like punk songs. But like for the, <laughs> right. for the main part, like everyone was like, I am I'm so fucking sad because so and so doesn't right. like me and I'm going to write a song about it. Yeah, no, or like literally being the opposite where it's like, I love you, I yeah, like yeah. you, yeah, people I want to run away. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Runaway songs are are like uh, core to uh, like the high school songwriting experience. Yeah, but hey, to any young writers, like you got to live it. Like, yeah, I'm all about writing as cheesy as possible. Yeah, to and be like honest, doing what you want to do, you know? Yeah. To be honest, one of my favorite songs that I wrote in high school was definitely about like running away or moving, moving away with someone that I had like a like a huge crush on. Yeah. No, I love that. Freaking. My one of my favorite artists when I was like growing up and I think it was like a crush thing, too, mm -hmm. but um, it was Taylor Swift. Yeah. And like looking back, I still love her music. I, I for a minute, I wasn't fucking with Taylor Swift yeah. because she had this weird opinions over copyright and ownership of music. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like kind of back on it because her music's great. Yeah. But um, it's like that pop sensibility mm -hmm. that um, I people think is super cheesy, but I really like like um, I don't know. I feel like in my opinion, pop music should just be fun. Yeah. And it. It gets like really repetitive yeah. when you keep cycling these same emotions of like having fun mm -hmm. or like really like hard on sleeve type lyrics. But yeah. um, I love that shit. Nice. I eat that shit up. <laughs> and like a person that can can emulate the same idea but do it in a new way is what I always like about pop music. Yeah, I don't like listen to the radio or anything, but um, if there's like pop music that I like even if it seems like a, a guilty pleasure, mm -hmm. I'll still totally listen to it. Nice. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who listens to the, uh, to the radio anymore, like the actual radio. Um, there are still people out there though. Mm. You know, it still exists. Yeah. I mean, but, um, yeah. What did you ask again? I don't remember. <laughs> Another one of those spitballing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was more <laughs> about like writing song, like your transition to writing songs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like on your journey as a songwriter, like when was there ever a moment for you where you were like, 
I like I'm good at this. Like mm. I can I can do this. Oh man, I'm so sorry. Is that me? No, that's me. Okay. <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. Um like uh I'll I'll restate the question, but uh like a moment where, you know, I mean, I, I think you always like kind of like your own songs. I, I at least I hope that you did cuz I uh I think you're good and I I have a feeling that you've always been uh had this like spark to you, but um like, when was that moment where you were like, I'm going to take these songs to people, whether it was, like, um, playing them live, playing them for friends or family, or, like, starting a band even? Yeah. No, thank you for saying that, by the way. I hella appreciate yeah. that. No, no, of course. Um, I think you're, like, such a great spark, too, <laughs> like, you. as a songwriter and, like, a community head. But, like, um, um, I was never really that confident with my songs mm-hmm. at first. Like, um, like yeah... Um, in middle school and high school, I was doing a lot of like performances because I was like, um, like a theater kid. Mm, mm -hmm. And so like the, the thirst for performing performances and performing was always there. Yeah. But, um, I was never that confident with like the things that I wrote Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even really that confident with singing either. Cause like singing is such a tricky Mm -hmm. concept to me and they're, there's singers in my life and like artists that I look up to that are such phenomenal singers. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to like throw myself under the bus like that, but I don't see myself as like the best singer in the world. And so on top of that, it was always hard to be confident about my music. And I would say like 2015, um, when I was living with some friends and this was like the beginning of the soggy rats too. Yeah. Where, Shoutouts to like Abel and Lisa, Eliza, and we were all just hanging out, and they would always like be playing music or just jamming. They'd mm. have guitars around, and I don't know. Like eventually, as like months came by, and we were getting closer and closer, and we were all living together. Yeah, I was eventually like showing them my music, mm-hmm. and I was like writing stuff still because I was still like a a constant writer. Yeah. For like songs if like ideas came to me and i was just like showing them ideas and when i showed them like carousels which is like one of the songs in the soggy rats mm-hmm. they were like dude you need to like record this you need yeah. to like let us play with you mm. like and that was like my first support of my music from like anybody that was really special and it wasn't just me like messing around that's awesome or like posting songs on youtube and <laughs> it getting it like three views or something yeah it was the first time i felt like actual like oh what like people like my music yeah and that was really special to me you know yeah. and i guess that's what got me out of my shell yeah and that was like your first like um band or first time you started playing with like other musicians yeah um when i was little uh, I'm sure you probably experienced the same thing mm-hmm. if you were like a young musician of like being super young and trying to start bands trying with to start friends, a band. yes. but nobody else really plays music mm-hmm. like that. So you're mm-hmm. just teaching other people how to do stuff. Yep. And I did that in like sixth grade mm-hmm. and that was my first experience of a band, but yeah. it was really just me hooking up my electric guitar and everybody kind of messing around. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Soggy Rats was the first like real band experience that i've had 
yeah. and like collaborating with people, mm-hmm. which is super awesome. Like I'm getting shivers yeah. just thinking about it because like collaboration in music and like throwing ideas with people and having it stick and like build. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this that, is something. Yeah. That's one of my big things. Like I think anyone who's listened to this podcast in the past knows like how much I like love on my band and like how much like they're, they're just like my, um, you know, there's, they're my family, you know? Um, yeah. and they're like, they're like my forever friends. Mm-hmm. I just have so much love for them and, and it just works so well. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. So with, um, with Eliza and Abel and, and that group, were they like playing music together before you like joined and it turned into Soggy Rats or were they, did you just all happen to be musicians that were like living at the same place? Yeah. Um, we, our friendships never really started through music. Mm -hmm. It it was all really mutual. Like, uh, me and Eliza, we met through like friends of friends and me and Abel too. Mm -hmm. We were like friends of friends. Yeah. It's really funny when me and Abel like first met, we did not like even it would talk to each other. It was more like all of our friends hanging out and smoking and then us being on like separate yeah. <laughs> ends of the room. But um yeah, no, it was all just really like mutual and casual at first. And Abel would always jam on guitar. Mm-hmm. And I knew how to play guitar too, so that became like our first original thing of yeah. like we played guitar really well together. And mm-hmm. like jamming was super fun, and then when we realized that our roommate and friend Eliza sung like a freaking angel, mm-hmm. we started jamming too, and it became like a three piece. And I don't know when the process became me and Eliza writing songs together, but um, it was just something that like fit really well, and it started off as like fun, and then I guess like the band name. And, like, the songs kind of just followed along. Yeah. Know? It was cool. It was, like, really awesome. natural. But, um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, Soggy Rats, uh, you're still part of Soggy Rats? Or there was, like, a hiatus and you guys are Soggy Rats again? Um, yeah. Tell me about tell me, tell me me about the band's journey, actually. Like, the entire history of the band. No, just, definitely. <laughs> Thanks. Because you told so weird. You, yeah, you told me how it started, but I, I'm just really interested because, um, like, yeah. I know you and I know Time Eliza. Time to learn the tea of the I, soggy rats. Yeah, no, I'm just and I think I may have met Abel like playing guitar at an open mic before, and I remember they're really good, but I don't know if that was, uh, or I met some member of the soggy rats that wasn't you or Eliza. So yeah, um, sorry. Tell our me two other story. members, by the way, is Ryan and Abel, mm-hmm. and I think you did meet him um, at. The Terra open mic yeah. back when it was like downtown. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like me and him hosting it mainly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to burp. It's <clears throat> okay. But um, yeah, no. The the journey was super weird. And yeah, we did have a hiatus mm-hmm. because me and Eliza were like divas. Oh. We were also like all really busy yeah. with all of our lives. And yeah. It seemed like a very transitional time. Definitely. But, um, no, we'll get to that. But um, we lived on Oak Street together, mm-hmm. uh, me and Eliza. Okay. And that was like when me, Eliza, and some other friends who were also friends of um, Abel, you know, mm-hmm. and we were all living there. And it was really, it was an experience, you know. Um, it was really gritty. Mm-hmm. And like that was the first time any of us had moved out yeah. because we were all like kids, like fresh out of like 
high school or first years in college, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. Uh, we had we had a friend too. Uh, I'm not gonna like name drop them or anything because we're not like that close anymore. Yeah, no. But worries. uh, they were like really into the the punk scene here mm-hmm. in Stockton, and so the Soggy Rats was actually originally like an idea for for some sort of like punk folk band. Okay. That was supposed to be for like the Stockton scene. Mm-hmm. And the name originally not only is it like a so- a cigarette, the soggy rat cigarette, mm. but it was like just this name holder that I had for like when we make this punk band, we can <laughs> call it the soggy rats. That's so funny. Yeah. And no, it was really great. And so um that idea never flourished with with us and that friend. Mm-hmm. And it ended up just being like a uh, me and Eliza writing songs and like moving out and like falling out and like all this like past drama. Like we weren't friends mm-hmm. with, with that person anymore. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm not going to say too much, but like they just did us super dirty. Yeah. Like, um, they just dropped us as friends and yeah. they never really, um, there there was some shit that was talked <laughs> about like me and Eliza and it like kind of bunched us together mm-hmm. in a weird way of like, Oh, we're these people that, that this friend dropped and now, yeah. and now we're all falling out, but we're not falling out. Mm-hmm. And so I want, I don't want to say it was part of spite, but uh, after it's that a little bit of a spite name, it was, it was a little bit of a spite name in the very beginning. Cause yeah. we were just like, you know what? We're still going to use that name. We're going to call it the soggy rats. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, it became so much more, you know? Yeah. Because like Eliza has this really original way and really like spectacular way of, of her writing music. Mm-hmm. And it's very polar from me. Yeah. I feel like. Because they're very just off the cuff uh, feelings from the heart and like nothing censored <laughs> type stuff. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I'm very structured. I'm very like, I'm the type of writer who wants to spend two weeks yeah. writing a song before I let anyone see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to make sure everything sounds just right. Mm-hmm. But um, when we were doing covers and we were writing together, it just became, it exploded you know, all yeah. of a sudden, like, we were building this, like, this world, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Like, um, I, yeah, I had carousels, and then we wrote th- the song Nothing. And it was really just, like, this this poem that, that Eliza wrote in one of her, their notebooks. Mm-hmm. And I really just took it, and I, I took some chords, and I showed her the next day. And nice. It was just something where the way that we wrote together and like the way that even Ryan and Abel meshed with us, not even as like musicians, but as like, like fam, you Mm. know? Yeah, definitely. It just kept, it kept on building and it kept hitting the right moments. Mm. And so that like the, the year of like making the album, the first one and like doing shows for the first time and just fucking around and doing open mics. Mm hmm was really beautiful to me and like one of my most favorite like memories as a musician because it just felt so natural to write music and make music with them. And that's I, awesome. I, I guess that's just why we kept doing it, you know? Yeah. And um yeah, no. 
I don't know. And then eventually we just ended up with an album and we ended up with so <laughs> many songs. And I like, we look at each of those songs like, like one of our babies because mm -hmm. like each song is like a memory from, from living on Oak street <laughs> or like a poem that we wrote when mm -hmm. we were like living together or, or this or that. And it ended up becoming super, um, heartfelt or something super tender to us. And so I, I really do love the soggy rats, but we, we ended up on a hiatus after maybe like a year yeah. of releasing the album mm -hmm. just because it got really stressful, you know, yeah. um, juggling a band practicing and also working mm -hmm. for whatever jobs that you have or whatever, like if you do school or if you're finishing whatever endeavors you have in your personal life, yeah that shit hard dude yeah i i will say like i mean I've, I've been in a lot of uh not a lot of bands but i've been in a few bands that um you know w we've always had consistent members but like those like bands come to an to an end at some point like um the band i'm playing with now we've been together for like over 10 years and at maybe at least six years with like one one person in the band but we've all played together for like 15 or like maybe coming up on time. coming up on 20 years with me and and oscar mm. um and so it's like the the members have all been the same regardless of the band but then like for my songwriting project Los beekeepers we have been very core for a long time but it, there has been times when we you know just weren't playing shows like maybe a year or two years because i was in college or uh, away living like in the bay area or something like that or working and yeah. so that, you know, I, there were times when we weren't playing, but I will say my whole point here is when you're younger and in a band and like, it doesn't matter where you live, but like the band is definitely something you're passionate about and you love doing, and maybe you love playing with these particular people, but you also have to like worry about like rent and, and like school and like where school's going to hopefully get you. So you don't have to worry about rent as much so you mm -hmm. can play music and like I, I will say, like capitalism is like a hell of a thing to be it's a one band hell of in. a drug. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like one of the times that was like really successful for me and my friends as musicians is when we were like, we were all working like shitty retail jobs. Like I was working at like Office Max selling printers and like in the copy center making copies and like mm. trying to go to Delta, but like always dropping out because I was just like so tired after working like the maximum hours you're allowed to work without getting health insurance. And, uh, and then, but like we were all able to band together and rent like a house where we all paid like $300 in rent, which like now I think back to that, I'm like, wow, $300. But it was like, that was like one paycheck was $300 for me <laughs> back then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I was making like, I was making like crazy you know, or I was making like four fifty like every two weeks. Yeah, you know, like minimum wage back then was like yeah seven dollars. Yeah, something. I remember. So high now. I remember like getting getting like the job offer at Office Max, and the guy was like, you know, you're gonna make uh, like eight fifty. That's twenty cents over minimum wage. Like it was a good thing, and I was like, oh, thank you, like thank you, capitalist lord, for giving me a job <laughs> so I can eat. Yeah, right. But um, I mean, that's the experience. Yeah, too though. Yeah, that uh, I really. It kind of humbles me, you yeah. know, but it's it's so cool that you when you get to live with other musicians because you mm -hmm. like you don't have to worry about as much. And, and I will say other bands where we were all working and worrying about all of that stuff 
and we weren't living together, those were the bands that broke up. And sometimes it wasn't because it wasn't because like we hated each other or anything like that. We were, it was just like time. It was just like, well, I, I don't have time to go to practice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. no, for real. Interesting stuff. And like, um, yeah, I guess that's what it ended up becoming. You yeah. know, we, me and Eliza, we did have some drama back then yeah. that we had to like bury the hatchet on. But mm-hmm. um, when it came down to it, it was just all of our lives being too stressful yeah. to like continue the caliber of things that we were doing. And um, like in the end, I kind of am happy that COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Like. Not to be like dude, selfish, no, dude. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Me and I think me and Melanie had the same conversation earlier. Yeah, like it's it's super humbling because like I feel like everyone needed that like mental break. Yeah, from just um, like high stress or just constant doing things and mm-hmm. constant um, no holds barred, just just doing stuff. And, yeah, um, that was what it was for the soggy rats, you know. Mm-hmm. And there also came a point where. Like it was less focused or we were questioning whether it was about music or if it was just about making money and trying to like get yeah. bigger. Yeah. And of course, like that part, I, I dream of that part and like everyone dreams of that part. Yeah. But um, it really isn't the core of why you're doing it. You yeah. Know? Like what I said before about like how like the Soggy Rats is something so special to everyone in the Soggy Rats. It's like, um not something that we would trade for for mm-hmm. like fame or things like that. I'm not saying we were like about to pop off or whatever, but <laughs> just came a point where we were always doing these shows yeah. and it got really repetitive mm-hmm. and it was like, when are we going to just focus on jamming? Yeah. Just, just doing music. Yeah. And I won't lie. Like I didn't really see that in the beginning of, of when we started our hiatus, I was still on the, like I want to go go go. Yeah. And I want to I want to shoot big. Yeah. But after COVID, you know, it made me really realize like mm-hmm. the the core of why we were making music is is the most important to me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sorry cast came in. <laughs> um Yeah, do you uh do you want some more water? Yes, please. All right, I'm going to pause. And we're back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, for real. After this quick intermission. Yeah. But um, I, I'm not sure if you wanted to continue the last conversation we had, but I wanted to ask you. If you, you got more thoughts, yes. Um, whatever. Because uh, I've been listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. and I really love uh, the concept of like, uh, talking about songwriting. Yeah. Because it's like something so special to me. You know. Yeah. So like, what's your songwriting process? Oh like, man, I was just gonna ask you that qu- that question. <laughs> this yeah. podcast is about you. I mean. Okay. Here's the thing. Yeah, the thing about this podcast is, um, I I feel like I'm one of those people who like tries to identify with other people all the time, and mm. and I think it might be annoying to some people, but the way that I identify is uh, like you tell your story, and they be like, oh, here's my story that's similar to that story. Yeah. So I think like I I've no, done I that do on that this podcast all pod- the time. Yeah. So. I I mean like. I, I think it's a natural human thing. It's like, oh, you, uh, you've you done this thing that's similar to me. Let me tell you how I did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually like that because it's, it's, um, it's about, you know, it's, it's a little bit like mirroring, but it's like, it's yeah. about like two people connecting over like a common sh- uh, similar experience, maybe not shared. It's literally the art of conversation. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's like just bonding over similar concepts and, and stuff. I, yeah. And I love conversation. I love talking to people. Um, 
and I will talk about so songwriting just to I'll give you the <laughs> short of it. But um, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this throughout the history of this podcast here and there a little bit. But like my my approach to songwriting is like um, for the most part, I'd say like 80 to 90 percent. Like I it's like I write I write for me. I write for myself mm -hmm. and I write about myself. Um, and sometimes it's like autobiographical and it's like, this is a thing that like actually happens to me. This is actually how I feel. Yeah. And sometimes it's allegorical. I think that's the right word. Um, like not, not really like a metaphor. Cause I, I feel like I don't have like strong metaphors in my songs, but it's like, hmm. here is something that is similar to how I feel or what I'm doing. And then there's, yeah. there's yeah. sometimes I throw some things in there that are like, um, there's like one or two lines that are just like a, a connection piece. It's like, to me, songwriting is a little bit mechanical when yeah. it comes to lyrics. And I really like, I really like writing things that, um, that the whole, the, the song as a piece goes together really well. And, and, um, and yeah, so for, like for that reason, I take all of these things that I feel very strongly about. And mm. sometimes it'll have to be a little connector piece that is like fiction yeah. to tie this one to that one. Like, are you big on like, um, like conceptual projects? Like when you write music, do you think of it like it's all one big album? Yeah. So I, I love writing albums and, but I won't say like, I, I, I think I, I misunderstood when I was younger what like a concept album was like mm. a concept album is like a play where, uh, at least this is how it's been like explained to me and so when i was younger i worked on this album for years and i thought it was a concept album but it was actually a themed album mm. where i and and i think this just happens naturally to me um where um i write things that have very similar themes within time spans so like the first album was called growing up grizzly and uh it definitely had this theme about like uh my family it was very deep about my family oh. and um and but then just also like coming into adulthood so there was a there was a few songs here that were like love songs but there were also songs that were like love songs to my family and there were also yeah. songs about like the shitty things about my family that i didn't like or there were songs about like uh growing up in stockton um but i'll i will also say like related to that um, that thought like when I write a song there it's not always this song is about this one thing like I will write I'll write like a verse about this one thing and then I'm like oh well this chorus or this other verse is like written to the same sim, uh, same like template but it's about this other thing that might be kind of related um, so for example I have this song called The Wrath of Man and um, I think the the first song is more like about f the f the feeling of of being like feeling strange and like on in a place that um where maybe you're a little bit of an outsider and then um and then the chorus kind of goes into the overarching theme of like living in a place where like uh you know a lot of people might dislike but but you really love it. And then the second verse is kind of about that too. And then the third verse is about like my family and like this home that I really loved in and like having to move out of it. And, and that being like, um, 
being like hard for me and because I loved that house so much and but it was just part of growing up is like having to move out of your childhood home I and, feel that and then it yeah and then it ends on this theme uh back on like okay this is a this is a town I guess the song the song's really about Stockton with all of these things within it <laughs> but like growing up in Stockton how everyone hates Stockton but I really love it so yeah the love hate relationship everyone yeah. has with Stockton yeah yeah it, there's a lot of that stuff on that album and then you know the second album total bummer like a lot of that is about like depression and wait death. wait so do you think you did that on purpose though like what? um like how you talked about like you so you wrote all these songs about like family and like um like you know growing up in Stockton but it seemed to like all surround like kind of about family like so did you do that on purpose like I, to make it about that or did um, it just end up being I think way? I had like a collection of songs that were just happened to be about my family because I, you know, I was just going through some stuff and, mm -hmm. and I re maybe had like five or six songs and I realized that and I kept writing about it, but it was never my intent. And, and I, I will say these theme things, I think that's more about time than intent. Like my intent is more about like writing good songs that like, uh, I feel something about. Yeah. Whereas like the content of songs is like happenstance and I look back on it like that's why for to Total Bummer. Oh, it's really deep. I like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. So like, Total Bummer, I wrote all like once I felt like I had enough songs for an album or more than enough and I looked back on all my songs, I was like, oh, wow, like all of these songs while they were written over the course of three years, almost all of them mentions like death or dying and I, and I always say like, well, the album's not about like wanting to be dead and it's not about like suicidal thoughts or anything like that, but it is like the, the common theme between all of these, whether they're like a song about a relationship and that album does have a lot of re like relationship songs, mm -hmm. but the common theme is like, it's not like I want to be dead, but I like at that time in my life, like I didn't really enjoy being alive. Like thinking about your mortality a lot yeah well it was just kind of like, part of being like you know yeah. a little suicidal yeah you know, like i get that like i was I, I definitely wasn't like like suicidal there's def but there are definitely times you know you're driving and you think about like the mm. cliff you're next to but I, I always say it's like it's just like i wasn't enjoying being alive like it was like i'd rather just be asleep all the time or something like that at that time in my life and and it was you know related to you know, bad relationships or yeah. uh, bad head spaces, regardless of relationships um, mm. and you know, stuff. Um, that just reminds me of like um, what I really loved about the songwriter's circle that we were both a part of. Yeah. It's like, because um, I feel for you on this. Yeah. And like, I hella relate with those like ideas and thoughts of like, um, you know, just not enjoying being alive. Um, mm -hmm due to like relationships or like emotional stuff or like whatever's going on in your life. And during the songwriter circle, I thought it was really cool that like all of us artists could, could sing about like these very similar ideas, yeah. whether it be about like, um, you know, uh, whatever emotion it may be about or like whatever topic it may be about. But all of us are like, singing about very similar ideas and ideas that we can all relate to. Yeah. And yet our styles are so different, <laughs> you know, definitely. And like the same for like, um, when the list was like, uh, like Oliver, 
Des compared to to me and, and you, you yeah. know? And it's just like all such different like styles. You have something jazzy and you have something like um way more trappy. <laughs> and yet I can all like understand like the emotions that you guys came from. Yeah. And I think that's hella cool. You yeah. Know? I mean, I think that's the magic of like songwriting and why I love songwriting mm -hmm. so much is like, y you know, I would say it's more rare and, and maybe this, uh, hopefully this sounds positive. It's more rare to have like a songwriter that you don't like, or it's like, I think about bands that I didn't like when I was younger and what, why I didn't like them. Um, and song and songs like radio songs that were like these like bro rock, you know, like often called butt rock bands. Mm. And, and it's like this like surface level lyrics that like I, you just can't connect with. And to me, I, I think as I get older, I find that more and more rare because I have like such a love for songwriters that regardless of the genre that they're playing. And yeah. I, there was even some butt rock bands that I was like, yeah, get mm -hmm. it. Yeah, no, you know? I fuck with Smash Mouth. Like, dude, it's starting to dude, become like all, unironic. Smash, you know? First of all, Smash Mouth is not a butt rock band, <laughs> and they are the darlings of California. No, I'm just kidding. They are. No, no but I love but you them. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Where it's like you could still respect it for, for yeah. whatever it is and appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, all that said, like, uh, the point I'm trying to make here is, like, I have such a love for songwriters because of that. Because regardless of the genre... Like we can all connect because at the end of the day, we're all singing and writing from the heart because it's almost like that's that's the magic of songwriting or that's the draw to songwriting is like we all have these emotions that we're trying to express. And this is our this is our vessel to yeah. express it in. No, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's definitely why we all do it. And there's like um, I, I like writing in general, too. Mm hmm. And, like, there's something that's really sacred about writing to me. But then, like, adding music to it and, like, writing music. Yeah. There's something that's, like, not only sacred but also, like, like fun. Mm -hmm. And, like, you get to let go. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, it's super, it's super special. For sure. Well, I mean, on that note, like, tell me how you write a song. Like, what, what's your process and your, like, Heck yeah. opinions on that? Um, I don't really have like the perfect way of writing a song yeah. every time. There like isn't a routine yet, mm -hmm. which I'm like, I literally focus a lot of my life on like trying to understand the routine that I need <laughs> to like write music and poetry and like do things that I want to do. Yeah, like that I enjoy. But um, it's really just like a mixed bag. Um, if I have an idea or a melody, I guess I'll record it or write it down. Yeah. But the way that a lot of my songs end up happening is they just like fall into place, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I guess I can say that I'm super conceptual. Yeah. And I do enjoy the idea of like, um, like uh, what, what concept do I want to portray mm -hmm. in, in this song? And like, I'm um, thinking about my songs in like an overarching way too. Yeah. Like, um, like the Soggy Rats album, like um, I planned the Wahoo out of that <laughs> one, like to the point too, like where how you mentioned it earlier, like having song lyrics like connect with other song lyrics, yeah, and different songs, definitely. and like trying to continue 
this this story that you have going on mm-hmm. like whether a person listens to just one song or the whole thing there's like this story going on and yeah. i really enjoy that in music i love mm-hmm. i love stuff like that but um and it's, and so i guess when i when i write music it's very um i'll think of the ideas a lot and very deeply about like what i want to write about and then um the melody and how it ends up coming how it ends up being finished as a song that part is like a mystery to me still yeah it's like uh, a mixture of like writing lyrics on my phone yeah throughout the day and uh like playing chords all the time and mm-hmm. like trying to figure out like what chords go with what and like <laughs> trying to trying to make something new too is like a real challenge like uh if like you can make a million things out of the same chords but yeah. like making new things is the challenge definitely and like finding new things and yeah. so i guess that's a big challenge for me too and um for that reason i like to like try different instruments all the time oh yeah i find that super helpful actually mm. like even switching from guitar a to guitar b for real is inspiring yeah right? switching from like a nylon string guitar yep. to a steel string yep. guitar will change your whole life definitely yeah and it's it's crazy you yeah. know so whenever i'm in like a funk i'll always try to like switch up instruments and yeah. like recently i got that q chord yeah and that's been like cool. yeah it's great um <laughs> For anybody who loves like vintage instruments, you should get a Q chord or an Omni chord. They're like three hundred dollars online. Nice. But, um, yeah, no. So I'll always like try to do that to like just um like breed new inspiration, mm-hmm. you know. But um, when I'm making a song, it's really just about like um getting really deeply into like the feeling or the idea that I want it to to emanate, you know. Yeah. And like that part's just the real challenge because yeah. um, uh, I'm very into like the flow of words mm-hmm. and like making sure every single thing that is said in a song is meaningful, you yeah. know, and like nothing, no space should be left. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm really just like, like balls deep in my head <laughs> on like, okay, th- I don't like this sentence. I, I want to yeah. switch it out with a new yeah. sentence. Uh, this chorus seems like it's dragging on too long at the end. Maybe mm. I should say something new at the end. Yeah. And like that part is all like the really tedious shit. But um, when I end up like at the finish point, it's like so satisfying that like all the time that I wasted trying yeah. to write a song, like I don't even care, you know? Yeah. So are you, um, do you typically write like, a lot of lyrics before you take that that chunk of lyrics to to the chords um i would say so yeah yeah and Um, then and then once you get it to the chords it sounds like it sounds like you're an editor for sure like i know some songwriters that like and i mm. i i don't know i I think i'm somewhere in between an editor and a like one and done i'm probably more one and done type songwriter where like yeah like a visceral like i'll sit down like my i i don't know if i added this in my answer earlier but like my my like golden way of writing songs is i'll sit down at the guitar or at the piano mm. and i'll write the whole song if i don't write the whole song then i'll probably never release that song Damn. um and s- and i'll go back and edit like I'll, I'll go back and like edit lines or or very very few things very small but like what i really appreciate about you is like there's a lot of thoughtfulness it seems like both before you get the music in there and both and then after thank you you know and i really like that editing and it's something that i 
it's a muscle that I've been trying to exercise more is editing and then also not like throwing out things that aren't, aren't done because yeah. I, if I just edited it, it would probably be better. You, you no, know. that's a, that's a challenge too. like not, um, just giving up on yeah. an idea. Yeah. But, um, I think that's why me and Eliza super work, you know, mm -hmm. because, um, they're just like that where I, I feel like everything I've seen them write, mm -hmm. like all the music that they've written, that's been amazing is just like off the heart. Yeah. Like, like I just experienced this feeling and I'm going to sing about it right now and mm -hmm. I don't have time to write it down. I'm yeah. just going to record it. <laughs> and like, I cannot do that. I cannot like I can jam, but if you expect me to say words mm -hmm. during the jam session, you are mistaken <laughs> because I'm the complete opposite. But um, yeah, that, that's why me and, and Eliza work, you know, and yeah, I, I'm super into editing. Mm hmm. Like, uh, I'm into poetry too. Yeah. And there's just something about like, uh, like the flow, the flow of words and like the meaning yeah. of, of the songs that I'm very into. Yeah. W one, another thing that I really love about songwriters actually is that there are so many different ways to write a great song and be a great songwriter. Cause like, I feel like your process and like the, what you said about like, if I expect you to like come up with words like during a jam session, like I'm mistaken. Like <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. Cause I can think of the opposite of like, I know other songwriters and, and I did this myself when I was younger where we wouldn't write lyrics to a song and just go play a show and yeah. then like freestyle the, the song. Like you'd have an idea like what the chorus should be. Mm -hmm. But like every time I played that song at a show, I'd sing different lyrics and like it, it definitely trained me to be the way that I am doing that. And I can think of another songwriter who's a great songwriter um, that did that a lot and actually drove me crazy because I was in a band with this person and I'd be like, write down the lyrics so we could like record the song and like make it big. But um, like people like that are yeah. honestly madmen in my yeah. mind. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. Like when when me and Eliza first started, um, yeah. the song that one of the songs that they wrote that was just all them was uh, "Make It Work." Mm -hmm. And when we first played that song for shows, like it wasn't written down or recorded, and so Eliza would always change up the song whenever we'd play it. But did they make it work? Sorry. They, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, they did make it work. But like every time we do that, it would like aggravate me because yeah. I'm like, we need to like have a structure. Yeah. And like I can't just be like winging it every time and expecting like the same caliber of the song to happen. Yeah. And so like that's where I pick up on her things where it's like I'll, I'll always like record the music and then like try to write down the verses and the choruses and yeah and like check with her to be like is this is this like you're like the, the produce you're like the producer of yeah, like a this weird like way. crazy art not that she's crazy but this like um uh, savant type artist yeah you know? no for real like <laughs> the way i always seen it was like um it's like very like frida kahlo-esque when it comes yeah. to eliza yeah like if I'm in the mood or the emotion, like the music is going to come out of me no mm -hmm. matter what. And I, I can't record it or write it down. Like you have to do that for me. Yeah. And it's like super just like <laughs> animalistic. Yeah. And me, I'm the complete opposite. I like want to read it a hundred times before mm -hmm. performing it. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate that attention to detail. Yeah. It's like the, the peanut butter and jelly mm -hmm. that 
is really cool than the soggy rats. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, my, my writing process is all over the place. I feel like, um, I, I just keep writing songs, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, I don't, I don't plan to strike for gold mm-hmm. whenever I write a song. Like, like, a like recently I've been getting a lot of like, um, like amazing feedback for the self-help is hard song i was gonna ask about that song at some point thank you yeah um, i i think we uh my melanie and myself both really liked it heck yeah, yeah. i i'm like really flattered and uh, i appreciate so much uh, everybody who like loves that song yeah and like somebody even called it like they described it as like a flagship song like a song mm-hmm. that everyone can kind of like relate with yeah in, in a way and um i don't think i do that on purpose to like to like write in a way that where i want everyone to relate to it Mm -hmm. but um there's just like something about like um like trying to describe creating self-help is hard and like describing the process for making it was really difficult because i already knew from the get-go what the concept of what I was trying to to say in that song yeah like like you being your own enemy mm-hmm. and like this image that everyone sees of themselves that they can't get to but it, it was like hard to put into words and so I was just spending like weeks and months like trying to figure out like what's the perfect way to explain this you know yeah but um I don't think I write with with people in mind yeah I, I really just write to try to like, like what you said, like note take like a, yeah. a moment in my life. Yeah, for that sure. I want to remember. Yeah. And, but anyways, like I, yeah, I'm not striking for gold, but sometimes there will be songs like that where it's like, damn, this song like really sticks to everyone else. And it's yeah. not just me who likes it. Yeah. I think when you're not trying it, it, it happens. So, I mean, some people, when they try, it happens too. But one thing I want to mm. say about what you just said, you said when you're writing, you're not tr- aiming to write something that everyone can identify with or what other people can identify with. But mm. one thing that I always say about songwriting is like, whether you're trying to do that or not, it is, it's like a natural thing as a music listener to try to identify with a song like when yeah. you're a listener you're looking for what you can I- you, what you can connect to in that song and like one mm. of the things that i i always liked when i was younger i heard some band on an interview it was probably newfound glory talk about because uh-huh. i was really into pop punk uh <laughs> talk about like you know um what's the meaning about this song or meaning behind that song or that that song and they and it was like um you know it doesn't matter what you know what i intended and i feel this way it doesn't matter what i intended when i wrote this song like what is your interpretation of my song and what do you like take home from that song what do you connect with like now it's your song like that's um, what i love about art yeah yeah exactly it's like um you know everyone has a different perspective of an art piece when they see it or it evokes a different emotion in them and um i think like with self-help is hard or sorry self-help is hard um I, I think it, it is something that, like, especially right now in the world that we're in, it's something that is, like, uni- universally um, something that a lot of people can self-identify with. Yeah. But I think all of your other songs are that way as well, you know, because 
that's what people are looking for in songs is like what yeah. what what is where is where am i in this song you know i actually i, I take that back like um like not like because there's something that feels really egotistical about making art sometimes mm-hmm. yeah that, it that, is yeah it's like the one part that i don't really enjoy too much yeah but um i guess i don't completely not think about people when mm-hmm. i write music because there's like um like what i really like to write about is like just like um experiences that like everyone can relate to yeah and i guess that's like a very like human yeah. thing like uh relating to people as humans yeah yeah and, like, definitely like i think i touched on this earlier like uh like how pop music is about like very similar emotions and concepts all the time and like the same goes for all music you know yeah but i think like the challenge that i really like is like finding an experience or an emotion that people can connect to but finding a new way to talk about it mm-hmm. yeah you know? and like it's it's like an amazing challenge yeah to, to try to do that it's like the same as poetry because when i think about poetry we have been talking about the same dramatic stuff for like yeah hundreds of years and but when somebody finds a new way to like explain that feeling it hits me Mm -hmm. like in the soul yeah i think the amazing thing about songwriting is that it you will always find a new way to do it like um I I know there's been there's like a lot of talk about like oh it's the same old chord progressions like as forever you know it's like a one one four five four progression or or something like that right like mm-hmm. these very like standard like these very standard uh, progressions and like you might even have multiple songs as a band but like for some <coughs> reason like every song is different like yeah um, I know there's songs out there that's like it has the same melody as you know from this song to that song and so like this person sues that person. And whatever, like, I, I don't really care about that. It's like, at the end of the day, they're all good songs. They right. all have, like, di- they all had different intents when they wrote it. And, like, um, like, um, do you, you know. like hip hop? Yeah, I, I like some hip hop. Heck yeah. I mean, I, I like it all, but I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not, like, well versed like some people are. I, but I like yeah. all genres of music. No, I feel that. I, like, love all genres, too. Like, I can't even say I, I hate country anymore because there's some country that actually... I fucking love some country. It In rocks, fact, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love some, like, bad 90s country that oh I didn't think that I, that I hated when I was a kid, but now I'm, like, I'm, like, uh, fuck Garth Brooks, hella good, <laughs> Alan Jackson, I'm, I'm with it. Like, all of this, like, weird stuff that when I was a kid, I was like, this sucks, it's not rock. Yeah, no, I feel that. But, um, I, like, love hip-hop yeah and like people would be surprised because of like the music that i write but Mm -hmm. like i love hip-hop and one of the reasons why is because it has a way of like always recycling music Mm -hmm. and like like what you said about like oh like some artists may copy a melody of another artist whether intentionally or not and they'll sue each other what but you just like love the music and uh, that's what i love too you know Mm -hmm. because i think like there's a book about it, but um, it's like artist theft, you yeah. know, yeah. where it's like we're literally every artist is just taking like clobbing together all of the interests and things that like inspire them and like putting it in a blender yep, and making it s- something new, you know, yeah. and like that concoction ends up being their style or their their inspiration, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and um, I, I think I think inspiring others and like not copying others music but like 
really listening to other music and mm-hmm. and learning something learning from, that. from it yeah i think that's super important you know mm-hmm. um that's like the way i do it too like i can even like i'm such a nerd for music mm-hmm. dude definitely like, yeah like i can even think of songs that i've written and like when i even play it it's like it has nothing to do with the song that inspired it but i'm like oh this will always remind me of that song because yeah. that song inspired me to write this song. Yeah. Or like its structure yeah. like reminds me of this this song. Yeah. And um I love that shit. I love that too. There's definitely like songs on Total Bummer that um like after I wrote it, I was like, this song reminds me of that song that I love or I want I want this song to be like that song in some way. And so I made this like playlist that of the songs that like were <laughs> like songs that inspire you songs that write. inspired me yeah. yeah and like so for example there's this one song um that like there's something about it that was like a smashing pumpkin song like the song 1979 actually there's mm. a multiple songs on that album that are like there's one song on that album that's a total like cor- like chord wise it's a ripoff of that song oh my gosh <laughs> but like like 1979 like, I was cov- the andrew album <laughs> no i was like i was like covering 1979 and then i like reversed the chords and i was like this is a different song and i feel that yeah but there is another song on that album that like i wanted it to feel like that song in in (coughs) certain ways um and so when we were recording it in 1979 the bass doesn't kick in until like the second half of the verse and so when we recorded it we just like cut the bass like bass guitar out until like the second verse and it it hits differently because like not a lot of songs that do that like if it's a rock song like Oftentimes, if it's drums and guitar, yeah, 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 there's just like a lot. There's bass, and as a as someone who is like a bassist, like as like at my core, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of that. a weird. It's a weird thing as a bassist to just stand up there, and uh, and not play. And but I was like, <laughs> I got to do it on this song. And like, I don't play bass in my own band, but like, yeah. I always say bass is my own instrument. So I'm like, no, I I'm feel like, sorry, that. Brandon. I played double bass in middle school, actually. Oh. Oh and so I'm favorite. used to just standing with my bass. <laughs> oh man! But um, that's really funny that yeah. you say that. Like um, like you see yourself as mainly a bass player because yeah. that's the way I see it too. And whenever I pick up a bass, I'm like funking out because yeah. I never play bass. But mm-hmm. that's that was like my first it's, first. It's weird when you're I. Oh my gosh, we have so much more to talk about now. <laughs> For real? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like b- bass is like bass is my is like my love like um. So a lot of my early like rock bands that I was in that I wasn't the songwriter, I played bass. Yeah. I love writing bass to my own songs. Oh, but, heck yeah. And there's been a few Los Beekeepers shows where I did play bass live, but for some reason playing bass and singing at the same time for me, like I'm not like I'm no like Getty Lee or one of these like singer bassists. Like I that part of my it's brain tricky. just doesn't work. Cause I want to be like rocking out and do funky stuff on the bass and like the, where my bass lines land, there's just not enough rhythm there for me to like know where the just lyrics should it, land. Yeah. So it's, it's like very two different hard worlds. Yeah. I, don't, I was going to ask like, if you, have you ever like sung and done bass before or, or do you have that similar experience? No, I have not. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's really silly. Like I play mainly double bass or at least, um, mm-hmm. like a, in my childhood yeah and i didn't get a bass for myself until abel bought me one mm-hmm. like what a year or two ago and it wasn't even like for me it was just like hey i bought a bass yeah like if you ever want to borrow it it's yours nice, nice. 
And so I'm holding it right mm. now currently. Yeah. Thank you, Abel. But Can, um, yeah, those yeah, like community no. instruments between band members. No, though, for real. I, 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 we have that. <laughs> and I want to do that one day. Mm. Like, no lie. I always want to like do new things. And yeah. Like, singing while playing bass, as challenging as it is, like, I would totally try one day. Yeah. Not today, but I would try one day. Yeah, and then music nerd, another music nerd and bass nerd thing. Uh, so you uh, you played double bass growing up. Do you still have a double bass or or anything, or do you still play? Dude, I wish it, you. Who do you think I am? Like uh, well, a double bass? I don't know, I don't know if so you have ex- like one from here. <laughs> I know I'm like I'm trying to buy a double bass right now actually, and I'm like. I'm shopping around because I'm trying to find like one that's not ten thousand dollars. Exactly. Um, but still good. Yeah. Um, no, um, Music Around had one. Yeah. For like six hundred dollars one time, and they were holding it for over a month, and I was, oh, I was almost. That's so cheap. Just close to buying. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, not. I wasn't yeah. pushing money out like yeah, that at definitely. the time. Um, but, so um, did you play with a bow? Because it's uh, orchestral, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I played with, like, bow or I did picking. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, I love orchestra, but yeah. I mainly loved going to orchestra. So then I'd have free time to just play around with the bass. Because oh, okay. that was the best. Like, just if anyone wants to hire me as, like, a solo bass player and I'll play in a corner mm-hmm. in the room, I'll do it. Just provide me the double bass. Yeah. <laughs> so you German bow or French bow? Um, I think I was doing German bow. Un- underhand? I can do underhand, but man, that that stuff's hard. Yeah, I I learned first off overhand, but um, oh, okay. On like my third or fourth year, I was doing the underhand. Yeah, yeah. cause ger- like mm. I I took a few double bass lessons. Like ger- German bow is al- is like normally underhand because the the frog on it is yeah, so big, it's so big, and um, so that you can't do overhand. And then the French bow is overhand because it has a smaller frog. Mm. Um. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll hire you to teach me how to play like, <laughs> double bass for real. No, that's though, so when crazy I took that lessons, you took it lessons. Was like, I took like three lessons when I was in college as like a, like a one credit elective. And oh, I like, nice. I did not, I like, it was, I had, it wasn't on campus. So I had to drive to the lesson. And so it was like, it was kind of like hard and it was like in the evening. And like, I was like really struggling, even though I really wanted to be like a good Aww. bassist. And like, then like, I didn't have a practice bass at my house. And the practice bass that was in the music studio at school, like, sucked. Like, the action was super high. Damn. And, like, I'd played bass for years, and I was, like, like at that point in my life, I felt like a good, like, bass guitarist. And then not yeah. being able to translate it, like, it was, like, hurting my soul. It was frustrating. And so when that. that quarter ended, I was, like, all right, I'll, I'll pick up bass later. Mm. No, it's, like, a different world. And then, yeah. like, that's the challenge for me, too. Because I would s- still say today, too, mm. that, like, double bass is on my top three favorite instruments to play yeah but like the price of the dang double bass stops every double bass player yeah like the moment they leave high school you know yeah and then like every double bass at any school like usually sucks yeah it's yeah like it's, a 10 it's year like old. the weird plywood student yeah. model yeah yeah and uh I, I miss I miss playing it though. You know you can get electric double basses. Yeah. It's okay. Just so the I body. I had an electric cello. Uh, it was like mm. one of those like uh, NXT or you know you know the brand NS Design. There, I don't know if you know of it, but it is like one of those like just the neck basically. Um, and yeah. It was really yeah. nice, and it was a cello, and I liked it. Um, but did it play well? 
it played really well and the action was awesome and i i it it's actually like on a couple tracks on like um on our album and i think like when i was in dirty pillows i played it on like one song on the that album that i was on and i may have put it on a few other things for some other people and it was cool um and like i love playing fretless stuff and it actually mm. i feel like it made me a little bit more confident um but i don't want to get an electric bass one and i actually sold that cello because it's just not the same like it doesn't have the same body and resonance yeah. as a an acoustic like instrument yeah like it sounded cool but it always sounded like i put it through different effects i tried to like do other things and it just wasn't what i wanted did it like not sound, sound natural it sounded like an electric cello it sounded like yeah. an electric violin you know what i mean like, yeah it wasn't a bad sound like it was a really good sound but it wasn't what i was looking for because mm. like number one cello has always been one of my favorite instruments or just like bowed strings I'm not a big fan of like violins and stuff but like Same. like low bow strings and yeah when when i was younger like in some early bands that i was in um i play you know like cigaros played like bow on guitar i don't know if you've ever listened to cigaros i've heard of them i don't think i've ever you, listened to them you, you gotta listen to them okay um okay. i'll play some after after we're done here no, but heck yeah. um, Okay. I uh, I was like a silly kid and I really liked them and I was like I'm gonna play bow on bass and then there was some band that I was in and I took the bow and I started playing bowed bass for some songs oh, and nice. like people would be like what the heck is he doing and it was like <laughs> one of those things that it was like I liked it because I new? loved the way it sounded and um and I loved like people's reaction to it like you know you're playing shows and and you like doing interesting things but um. Mm. Yeah, no, I really like I'm glad that we kind of opened up on this because I totally forgot that 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 was actually my first experiences in music, you know, and like being like a real orchestra and theater nerd. Yeah, yeah. School. And like I hella love like um, like stringed instruments like that, too, like viola and like cello and double bass. Yeah. And like like being in orchestra and like I was such a nerd back then, dude, Mm -hmm. like I would. You know, when you start class and you have to tune all of the instruments, like I was the kid who would help the teacher with like tuning all the violins and that's tuning so all cool. the violas. Yeah. And like that stuff hella taught me like sound. Yeah. Like without me even realizing it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then I, I took choir in high school too and that was fun. Cool. <laughs> it was like, it's kind of like a, a dazed and high type of class, but it was really yeah. fun. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, uh, is there anything like on, th- on this podcast? Cause you listened back. Uh, is there anything that I missed or anything you want to like talk about before we like close out and maybe like do some music? Oh, heck yeah. Um, nothing that I can really think of. No. Um, shout out to the 209 community. <laughs> like, um, I really love like all the artists that were on this podcast before me, like, specifically like Cheyenne shout out to Cheyenne yeah like, first episode yeah one of the biggest like inspirations for me and Eliza too when it came to like making the soggy rats mm-hmm. and like having like a like a figurehead to look up to and like so to cool. help us with that stuff and just like Gio and Tim and like mm-hmm. everybody you know and um like uh I, I just love this and I, I love like songwriting so cool. um, 
Well, yeah. Thank, thank you for letting me be a part of this. No, you know? thank you for like um, being my first episode back from a long hiatus and uh, yeah. and just also like wanting to be a part of this. And uh, you're definitely like a musician around town that like inspires me and, and I love your songwriting and your sound and stuff. So no, thank you. You all inspire me too. <laughs> and like just um, you've had a really long tenure in like the community that we're a part of. Yeah. And so it's like for a really long time, it was just more of like the legend of Andrew. <laughs> oh no! And so I'm like glad that we we made it all the way to this this time, cool. like being on the podcast and just yeah. like shooting the shit. Um, yeah. I feel like I got really comfortable at the end, so awesome. I really like this. Good, like, um, good first therapy session then. Heck yeah. Um, okay, and also before we close out, is there any like anything on like the internet that you want to like plug for like people to to like find you and interact with you oh heck yeah um so my personal is marcy's artsy on instagram uh you can find the soggy rats on the soggy rats on instagram also <laughs> spotify and um i think that's about all i can plug right now um i have other projects too but uh you're gonna have to stay following for those cool Awesome. Thanks so much. So we'll pause and then we'll set up some mics and play some music. Alrighty. Cool. <clears throat> this one is called Work It Off by it's in the Soggy Rats by me. Got a whole lifetime to work it off. 
She's not very far Moving out to college To back living in her boyfriend's car Selling bags of groceries And we, her own body I lit a stove and begged her so But she took a drag and looked at me and said Please, I need money I need it now, I need it now I need it now, I need it now So I can get out of this shithole of a city right now Need it now, I know someday, someway, somehow I'll work it off I'll work it off, I'll work it off, I'll work it off I've got a whole lifetime to work it off I'll work it off, I'll work it off, I'll work it off one poem at least. So this is a poem I wrote exactly today in 2016 called Ethel. <clears throat> I want to live a life that nobody lived, even though I know everyone live a life where it takes and it gives. Some people grow up with chains tied and some with a bib. We live with ropes around our necks, some homies slip and give in. If you read my thoughts out, you would kindle fire within. My comrades commit common sense but consist of conspiracists. They say you think the common people really got shit? 1% has enough money to think that we don't exist. Some people got lots of tricks, but tricks are for kids. But fuck the old, bring in the new, this young ass you can kiss. Some people say I'm the shit. You're just as brief as a piss. I'm just as reckless as free as much as my parents were strict. And time by time, I get the feeling I should be cutting my wrist or should be cutting my click with life like flipping through scripts. Live life like futures never scared me, like I don't know what that is. Live life without a fucking care, cave into ignorant bliss. But I want to live a life that nobody knew. I want real homies for life, the real squad and the crew. I want a person that don't have to make shit so complicated. They don't need to be blue, but they can still find a clue. The clueless, the stupid, yeah, they've been in my shoes. The realist, the trill shit, they see fit in my socks. I always wondered what was better. Is it a hip hop or rock, a tribe called Quest or The Cure? You wonder what's more obscure? It's me. And if you got something to say, well, we can sit down and talk. You can say that shit to my face, because we're both cursed by the clock. We always checking the time. There's always something to do. Look at me writing these lines. You know this shit is the proof. Going like Perry the Platypus, I should call you the doof. But summers always stay ending, so the love that I'm sending can stall the pending doom. Just up in my room, my head stuck in the clouds, and my feet dangling down. Ethel. Um, this one's called Self-Help is Hard. So I tried to quit drinking, even tried to go vegan, thinking this is the proof that I could change all my ways, be more than face some cripple in mental disease. All I got was fucked up. By the time the year was done, we were both gone and wasted as hell. 
I stopped thinking about them and a little more about me, but now I'm talking more shit on myself. And nobody said it was easy, but nobody said it would fight and defeat me. And nobody said it was easy to put down my habits and be nice to my body. And I knew that it would be hard to love myself fully and go on with living. And I know that you'd want to see me playing that part. But self-health is hard. I want to be healthy, but without you to help me, it's hard. so fucked up then we shrug and give up fuck it's hard i wanna be better not bitter but self-health is hard self-health is hard self-health is hard self-health is hard so i've been exercising and less thinking about dying i got a therapist named Janelle. Past makes you sad, and the future makes you anxious. So just stay in the present with me. And I know if you ever wanna be back together, you'd want me to be better than then. I'm still stuck in my ways, I'm still drinking away. If you want, we can drink together again. And maybe the next morning we could relax. With face masks and no plans and tea We could watch Steven Universe while you take a bath We could take turns and cuddle and sleep And I could love better with you honestly Cause you always picked me up when I fell Now I'm here all alone You won't pick up the phone And I'm scared and disappointed as hell but nobody said it was easy And nobody said it would fight and defeat me And nobody said it was easy To drop all my habits, be nice to my body And I knew that it would be hard To love myself fully and go on with living And I know that you'd want to see me playing that part but self-health is hard I wanna be healthy But without you to help me It's hard Oh, we're so fucked up Then we shrug and give up Fuck, it's hard I wanna be better Not bitter But self-health is hard Self-health is hard Self-help is hard, self-help is hard Now, why can't I love me as much as I love you? Why can't I love me as much as I love you? Why can't you love me? Why can't I love me? Oh, why can't I love me as much as I love you? Why can't I love me as much as I love you? Why can't you love me? Why can't I love me? Oh, why 
much as I love you Why can't I love me as much as I love you Why can't you love me Why can't I love me The self-help is hard I wanna be healthy But without you to help me it's hard We're so fucked up, then we shrug and give up, fuck, it's hard. I wanna be better, not bitter, but self-health is hard. 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 Self